This week we discuss CBD flowers, big pharma, and alpine activism. Coming up right here on Critical Grass. Forget it, man, and get with the countdown. Shake this square world and blast off for Kicksville. Critical Grass. It's stimulating, mind-expanding, safer to use than alcohol. It's the in thing, the hula hoop of the jet generation, and as much a part of growing up as smoking corn silk behind the back fence. Critical Grass. He's looked at both the pros and cons of blowing pot. He's not convinced that grass is all that harmful, but there is room for a lot of doubt. Why don't we wait and see? There's a lot of testing to be done before we'll know all the facts. Critical grass. My name is Gregor. I'm from Vienna and I'm the gardener at the Hemp Embassy Vienna. Springtime Indiana by Martin B. Actually, it's autumn time now, though it was summertime when I met with Gregor, the master grower of the Hemp Embassy Vienna. That's right, there's more to Austria than just Mozart's chocolate balls. For the uninitiated, the Hemp Embassy is an exhibit of living cannabis plants at all stages of flowering. In each of seven display cases made out of safety glass, yes, safety glass for their protection against curious fingers, a different variety is displayed from the beginning of its flowering stage all the way through maturity and harvest. In addition to being visually impressive, these plants give off delightful smells. Small openings in the glass cases allow visitors to sample each individual odor. A look-but-don't-touch policy. A peep-and-sniff show, if you will. Each flowering plant is accompanied by detailed information, such as THC and CBD content, duration of flowering period, and genetic origins. The flowering phase of each plant is also filmed and can be viewed at hempembassy.org. So if you're curious about how the cannabis plant grows, you can follow the process in real time. Should that not satisfy your hunger for knowledge on the topic of cannabis, they're located right next door to Bush Planet, the associated head shop that has been there since 1998, most certainly worth a visit as well. My experience at the Hemp Embassy was a very interesting one to say the least. I was very warmly greeted by Gregor, who gave the impression of being incredibly informed and passionate about all things cannabis. He gladly showed me around the space, including a little behind-the-scenes tour where most visitors don't get to go, which made me feel that much more special. And he told me about the various issues he and the rest of his crew in Vienna have to face with respect to the plants and their situation. I was quite deflated to learn from Gregor that all the work he puts into looking after the plants is essentially for naught. This is because, by law, upon harvest, the plants must be destroyed by a notary. Believe it or not, an agent of the state has to come around and document the destruction of Gregor's work since all of Gregor's efforts are for educational purposes only. The Austrian government has deemed cannabis plants containing more than 0.3% THC as too dangerous, and only a guy in a suit with a rubber stamp and cutting shears stands between the good people of Vienna and utter annihilation through botany. Ask Gregor about the history of the hemp embassy and what their aims were. 
the Hemp Embassy Vienna was started in 2015. We opened in September and it started as a project between Bush Planet and the Verein Hanf Museum um, to show to the general public what um, or how different hemp can be and to um, open uh, an, a path of discussion for uh, a liberal liberalization of the hemp topic in Austria. Hemp, as it's defined by the European Union and what is um, on their list of strains that are uh, allowed to grow is fully legal in Austria. Any other kind uh, of hemp, uh, the so-called cannabis, um, is legal if it is uh, of a THC concentration below 0.3%. Um, and any other hemp that has a concentration of THC uh, above 0.3% is illegal if the goal of cultivation is to produce uh, buds for drug consumption. Austria doesn't have a class system. It doesn't have a hard uh, drug and a soft drug class system. A drug is a drug regardless of its hardness or softness, of its social impact or not, it's, if it's illegal it is illegal basically and also the, it isn't the plant itself that is illegal but the intent to grow it for drug production is mm. what is illegal if you harvest uh, the bud from the plant that's the point when it becomes illegal because then you have done taken steps to produce bud for drug consumption where it isn't uh, illegal to consume, but it is illegal to possess in Austria. So the legalities in Austria are a little nuanced. They're very different from what you might come across in North America, or Spain, for example. The cannabis plant itself isn't illegal, but if your intent is to produce it for drug consumption, then you're breaking the law. However, consumption itself isn't illegal, but having it in your possession is. All clear? I'm a little confused myself. Yeah, because that's the conundrum. You to, to get high, you have to possess at some point, and even if it is to hold the joint while you're smoking, um, I think that can, can be construed as a possession, and then you'd be liable for it in the uh, eyes of the Austrian law. It's very, very weird. Weird is a slight understatement. So being high is A-OK, -okay, getting high is not. Theoretically, you can land at Schwechat Airport just outside of Vienna, completely off your rocker, on any substance, and you'd be acting within the law. However, if you're carrying that substance in your pocket, then you're in trouble. A little confusing, to put it mildly, though the same law applies in Germany. Yet, walking around Vienna, you don't get the impression at all that cannabis is a dangerously naughty substance. The second you step out of the U-Bahn near the Hemp Embassy, you will see an independent shop with large jars on display containing what looks like cured and dried cannabis flour, as well as hash. You might think you just stepped out of a teleportation chamber somewhere in California. And cannabis it is, but with only trace levels of THC. I wanted to ask Gregor how this is possible. 
because of, of the th threshold value um, that was, I think it was kind of the 60s, when it was imposed that 0.3% THC is the threshold where it becomes dangerous, I guess. Um, it's kind of arbitrary because 0.3% is within the margin of error for most of the tests. And yeah, but aside from that, last year the Ministry of Health, before being passed on from one minister to the next, they declared that every hemp or cannabis product that has a THC level below 0.3% at any stage of its production cycle to be legal in Austria, which opened the possibility for most of the shops which are in existence now to open up. Some have been in existence before that declaration and they were just relying on the fact that if it's forbidden above 0.3, it must be legal below 0.3. So that's another thing that's weird in Austria. Everything is forbidden unless it's expressively allowed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's kind of what uh, how, how Austrian law kind of works everything is forbidden unless it's expressively allowed and there's a verdict to prove it so not only do you need a law expressly stating that an activity is allowed you also need a verdict this is getting incredibly complicated I'm starting to wonder whether people aren't breaking several laws by merely setting foot in Austria on the surface, though, Vienna seems like quite the progressive place. The Economist Intelligence Unit publishes an annual global livability ranking, which ranks 140 cities for their urban quality of life based on assessments of stability, healthcare, culture and environment, education and infrastructure. And at least for 2018, Vienna ranks as number one. The city is also cool with vices such as alcohol and tobacco and prostitution. LGBT rights are quite advanced, abortion is legal, and the healthcare system is ranked as one of the best in Europe. But the government isn't too keen on letting people use THC-containing cannabis. But surely they allow it for medical use, right? No, not as such as medical cannabis in terms of um, flour for pain relief or treating of any kind of ailment, but there is the possibility to get pre prescription for a drug called dronabinol, which is basically synthetic THC, which ironically is produced in Austria. The, the flower for it is produced in Austria by the Austrian Agency for Health and uh, Food Safety, then exported to the company in Germany that extracts the cannabinoids and synthesizes all of them into THC and then sells it back as medicine to Austria. Um, and it's purely synthetic THC with no other cannabinoids, with no terpenes or whatsoever. It's not the full plant extract, but it's what you can get on prescription from some doctors. Not everybody will prescribe it to you and then it's on your own cost, which is like 150 to 200 euros per 10 milliliters and if you're really in chronic pain you'll have to do it every week um, then there's the possibility to get the money back from your insurance uh, from your health insurance but 
this really needs a, a very good advocate like mm. in a very high ranking doctor that tells them to pay you back the money because you absolutely really need it you have to prove that you've tried all the other uh, if it's pain you have to prove you have tried all the other vectors for pain treatment like you are on the highest possible dose of say non-opioids for example and you don't want to go to opioids then you can go the, the THC route but as I said it's synthetic doesn't have the same effect as a whole plant extract with all the synergetic effects that happen between the other cannabinoids and also there's no flavor pro profile to it so the aroma component totally goes to waste. Mm -hmm. So according to the Austrian authorities, synthetic use of cannabis is acceptable. I mean, who doesn't prefer something in pill form that's been completely removed from its natural state? When I think of medicine, I think guys in lab coats looking at stuff through microscopes and turning that stuff into a tablet you shove down your gullet. I mean, how can you not be excited about something so colorless, flavorless, odorless, and lifeless? Well, on top of turning cannabinoids into something completely unrecognizable, the Austrian approach to medical cannabis is also not cheap, and you additionally have to demonstrate that such substances like opioids don't work for you. In short, it's not very patient-friendly. Well, with legalization underway in other parts of the world, Austria, as progressive as it may seem, doesn't look like it's about to go the way of Canada. I asked Gregor whether he thinks legalization in Austria is in the near future. Um, realistically speaking, with the current government and their plans to uh, illegalize um, hemp seed and hemp clones, uh, I don't see it going anywhere further than it has gone now, pessimistically speaking. Because uh, we'll probably have this kind of government for the next 10 years. And if they can get it through, it is a step backwards. Um, well, globally speaking, it's very, very backwards oriented. And it's not what we're seeing on a global scale. Uh, it's, it's not really happening in Austria. Austria always has been like one or two steps behind, generally speaking, but was catching up, especially in recent years where from, um, um, from, from state to state, like from Vienna to Low Austria, um, the drug prohibition was less and less strict, where when you got caught, you didn't immediately get to go in front of a judge you'd get uh, the health-related service questions beforehand, where they want to find you out if you're in danger of becoming addicted or falling through the social grid. And if you're good with that and don't do too much drugs, then you get no punishment at all. And if they catch you three times, then they will prosecute you. All of that was kind of progressive and going in a direction where everybody was thinking, huh, Austria is on the right track. It's like we were happy about Germany last year legalizing medical cannabis in the pharmacies. Even though that process was fraught with problems, as we see yet now one year later, 
they're still on track they're still doing it and Austria is on the complete opposite side of the of the highway going back and back and back and back as far as they probably can and I do think it's purely politically motivated it's not the thing that all oh, drugs are bad it's just the thing that it's a left thing yeah mm-hmm. we have a right-wing government or yeah let's call it a right-wing government and everything that's perceived as a topic of the left is an, an, is an enemy. It yeah. doesn't matter if the cannabis industry brings in X amount of money. It doesn't matter if legalizing or liberalizing cannabis could bring Y amount of money. It doesn't matter if their own voters smoke to a certain extent. It's just it's a left topic and we don't want it. And... That's why it's there in the Declaration of Governments. At the moment, cannabis seeds and clones are completely legal in Austria, which just adds to the overall confusion. Well, this is because neither seeds nor clones have any THC. But the legal situation of seeds and clones, at least for now, is a little uncertain with the current conservative government. There used to be a Portugal-style approach to drugs in Austria where public health took precedence over law enforcement, But alas, according to Gregor at least, it boils down to politics. It's not even about the money. They don't like cannabis, and they don't like cannabis users, because it's a dirty hippie thing. But is the current government's approach perhaps out of touch with the reality on the streets? Is cannabis that popular in Austria? And among whom? Yes. According to studies, it's somewhere around 50% have tried in the age bracket of, well, was it 25 to 35 year olds? And the percentage of people who are regularly consuming cannabis is increasing with every new study that's done. Um, That's something that's undeniably true. Whether you're in the filter bubble of a cannabis consumer or you're looking at it from the outside. There's more and more people smoking, consuming, and the patterns are changing. It's not only the dreadlocked rasta who's smoking ganja, it's also the attorney who's uh, who likes to partake in a bit of cannabis in his free time. There's the older soccer mom that's kinda into vaping because it's hip and she likes to, to get with the younger crowd or whatever the reasons being, cannabis is much more broadly spread or much more widely spread now than it has ever been. So even in the land of classical music, snooty art galleries and decadent chocolate cakes, cannabis is quite the popular plant. And not just among youngsters. Professionals use and enjoy it too. So the writing on the wall is there. I asked Gregor whether he thinks legalization is realistic in his lifetime. Probably in my lifetime, maybe. Yeah, within the next 10 years with the government. If, it, if they stay in power, if they get re-elected, definitely not within the next 10 years. That's, that's a problem with prophecies or, or predictions. This, one, this is one I can make. Um, I would like to say no within the next five years and with the... Uh, ending of the single drug use convention of of the UNO where we will be seeing changes but as I said I think it's a politically motivated thing not not a rationally motivated thing where uh, it's bad and we don't want it and yeah it's just politically motivated but within my lifetime I'm optimistic because 
whatever comes next, whichever government government in Austria comes next, they will have a lot to deal with and probably some irrational decisions that will have to be uh, reversed. If the world around us keeps changing as it does, within 10 years time we'll be far behind. So what's stopping Austria from abandoning prohibition besides politics? What would be the motivation to follow the lead of places like Canada and Uruguay? Well, I think that the, the one true motivating factor for Austria to legalize would be money. Because partially they're aware of it. Because every kind of, of industrial organization, like economists that work together, they know there's a certain amount of market in the cannabis industry in Austria and it's constantly been growing for the past 20 years. And it's not about to stop. Let's put it this way. Even if they prohibit uh, seeds and clones, it's not that this industry will die. It will still generate a lot of money until they find another way to make everything that the cannabis industry sells and thrives on to be made illegal. But on the other hand, they also know how much money could be made. Given a current market in Austria, current statistics of how many people smoke regularly. But, as I said, as long as, it, as it's politically motivated, the numbers won't make any rational sense to them. So perhaps the decision makers could be swayed if they can be convinced that they too could stand to benefit, at least financially. But given the current political climate across the globe, it seems a little hard to accept that tribal mentality will be put aside in favor of the common good, and Austria is no different in this regard. But Gregor isn't giving up hope completely, and isn't about to pack up and leave for greener pastures, at least not yet. I asked him what sort of model he thinks would be best suited to the situation in Austria. I'm actually hoping not for a total legalization, but for deregulation. It's so that it becomes illegal uh, legal to use for anybody who wishes so, much like alcohol is. And in Austria there is a model for you can make your own alcohol from fruit via fermentation and uh, distilling. But if you do so and produce a certain amount, you have to pay taxes. That would be my preferred model because it would uh, put big pharma out of the game. It wouldn't necessarily mean the one with the biggest pockets gets to rule the market. If there is this kind of deregulation and people are allowed to produce when paying taxes, I think that I would prefer uh, either a mix of social club and pharmacy or if quality should be an issue then strict government control through pharmacies where they have to follow strict protocol in identifying pests and, and poisons within the material and hold also hold the grower to a higher standard but I do not think that the quality and diversity can come from a big player because then you have one big pharma concern that's pushing 
maybe one to three to five strains, whatever they can manage, which are basically all the same or derived from the same genetics, just purely selected from uh, marketable and, and uh, economic points of view, like yields a lot, looks good in a bag, and probably even if it tastes good, it's, it's great, but first two, looks good in a bag and yields a lot. Uh, that's not what I would want to have as medication from pharmacy. But from a personal standpoint, from a recreational standpoint, I much prefer the social clubs. Putting Big Pharma out of the game. Ladies and gentlemen, therein lies the essence of prohibition and the resulting anti-cannabis propaganda. Pharmaceutical companies stand to lose a lot of money if people aren't going to be buying their pills. So if you can't join them, try to lobby the state to put your opponents in jail. But as far as what model to implement in Austria goes, it's pretty evident Gregor has done a lot of thinking about this issue, despite it not being feasible, at least for now. But there has to be something the average citizen can do to help push things forward. After all, Austria is a democracy and does have freedom of speech protected by its constitution. But is going to demonstrations all that's left? Is there another angle you can approach this from? I don't know, because there's lots of people putting uh, cannabis plants in, in like wooden uh, uh, flower boxes outside. Yeah, they will cut it down as soon as it starts to flowering to avoid legal problems. But in the public perception, cannabis uh, kind of always has been there and it's kind of back and it's everywhere and nobody really bothers. But once the cannabis march happens, everybody's pointing out oh, the dirty hippies again. And that's kind of the schizophrenia of the public perception of cannabis. Yes, it's good. There's health benefits we can make money with it, we could possibly even change society a bit, yeah? But still, it's the dirty hippies. Yeah. And unless this changes, I don't think there's any going ahead, really. Because, yeah, everybody can go to the million, uh, to the cannabis march. Maybe more people should go, maybe more normally, uh, standardly dressed people should go there. Uh, maybe not make it uh, happening that only attracts or, or mostly attracts the real stoners and uh, for me as a, as, a, as a grower as a as a recreational smoker it's, it's, it probably sounds harsh but the cliche stoner is not what I want to be associated with it maybe when I was 25 but not with nearly 40 mm. kind of even within myself the perception of what we do has changed. And I think that more and more of this process has to happen more and more earlier at the younger stage in the education of people because neither do I think that 16 year olds should smoke nor do I think 21 year olds should be clueless. Mm -hmm. There's a fine line that has to do with personal physiological development in your late teens and early 20s maybe where from my current standpoint I would say stay off it but be educated get educated know your stuff go out there and experiment with a basic knowledge of what's what and always listen to yourself that's that's 
maybe maybe that's what will pay, uh, push it forward because the more people are more uh, self-reliant self-aware and self-responsible the more uh, things could change or stay the same either way could go either way those are some very sage words of wisdom i think not just young austrians could benefit by following gregor's advice so if we'd like to get more information on the hemp embassy where do we go we have a website which is hempembassy.org um, it currently has an archive about 60 to 70 strains we already grew a time-lapse video archive of every strain um, viewable on mobile devices and desktops all around the world with um, the current plants being updated daily um, so you can see what's happening you can follow your favorite girl along and maybe just lose yourself in the archive watching plants grow and have fun <laughs> and with that we say so long farewell auf wiedersehen goodbye to our austrian friend Gregor, thank you for, for the chat. I uh, learned a lot today and I uh, wish you all the best with the Hemp Embassy. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's a wrap for Episode 7 of Critical Grass. If you enjoyed the podcast, feel free to announce said joy to the world by tweeting, liking, sharing, or whatever you do to electronically fill the social void in your lives, or just leave a comment. Once again, my name is Bogdan. I'll be here in a week. Auf Wiedersehen.